Just Our Real Estate, episode number 307. All right, guys, thank you for tuning in to Just Our Real Estate. I'm excited to have you here. My name is Mike Simmons. I am your host, and I have a cool Quick Point episode for you today, and I can't wait to dive into that. But before we get started, I want to give a shout out and some love to our new sponsor, LandlordStation.com. LandlordStation.com is a one-stop shop for small landlords. They offer tenant screening, and you know if you listen to the show for any length of time, I have screwed up royally when it comes to screening tenants. You must screen your tenants. You must do a good job of that, or you're going to be really sorry. It's going to cost you thousands of dollars, and LandlordStation.com offers tenant screening for you guys, that alone makes it worthwhile. But when you get there, you're going to be very happy to find out that they also offer online rent payment software and services. They offer e-signatures, document storage, and rental applications. They literally have everything you need. Go check them out. I highly suggest that you go there and sign up and give them a shot. If you go to the website on the right-hand side, click on the Landlord Station banner and you will get 50% off of tenant screening. That's awesome. That alone is is worth the time to go there and check it out. So go there, check it out. Go to the website, landlordstation.com. Tell them I sent you right in there. uh, Just start into the box, the promo code, just start, and you will get 50% off of tenant screening. I hope you go check them out. All right, guys, thank you for joining me today on another Quick Point episode. I'm going to dive right in. I'm going to talk about something, you know, it's a lesson that was been has been reinforced uh, in me the last few days. You know, it's something that I learned early on, actually, and every once in a while, it's a nice little wake-up call to just sort of remember how did this business is supposed to be done, what, you know, how you run your business and what you should be doing to be successful and what you should be avoiding. And like I said, this is a lesson I learned a long time ago, but I think it's really important for new investors to hear this. And I hope, you know, when I tell you that, you know, I've got something for you that I want to talk about that, you know, new investors do, that's a mistake or, or a pitfall that, you know, I want you to avoid... Hopefully you don't tune out and think, yeah, yeah, you know, it's just another, you know, something else you're telling us that we we could do wrong. But this is really important because a big mistake and one of the big mistakes, I should say, that a lot of new investors make is, you know, they come on real strong. And I've talked about this in the past. And, and you know, there was a really good analogy made. Uh, I think it was by Sharon Vornholt, um, the, uh, the wholesaler I interviewed months ago, a long time ago. And I'm just sort of paraphrasing, but she basically said new investors are sometimes like a teenage boy on a first date, just, you know, way too excited, over aggressive, just, you know, just too excited, basically. And just they come on too strong. And, you know, so it's just sometimes it's good to calm down. So the lesson and what I, you know, kind of encountered that reinforced it with me over the last few days is when when you're new in real estate or even when you've been doing it a while, you don't ever want to force a deal. And by force a deal, I mean you never want to take something that isn't really a deal and try to make it one just because you want it to be one so badly. It's a huge mistake. A lot of investors are guilty of doing this. It's a really big pitfall for new investors because they're so anxious to do a deal. They're so anxious to make money that they'll do almost anything. And a lot of times that means just, you know, just trying to make a something crappy into something really good. And if you do that, you're going to end up losing money or, you know, losing, you know, getting a bad reputation, losing your reputation. You something is going to happen and it usually isn't good. And the thing is is 
before you make that mistake, before you like try to force that crappy deal and make it a good deal, usually you have a gut feeling. Your gut is telling you this doesn't feel like a really good deal or this feels like a mistake and you ignore it because all you see is dollar signs. All you see is, you know, the potential of what you might be able to make and you make a bad decision. You know, you buy up the wrong house in the wrong area for the wrong price and, you know, you underestimate rehab, whatever, or, you know, you overestimate your after repair values, all the things that I, I've warned you against and I've kind of tried to train you and teach you not to do. But aside from all that, let's just say the numbers work, right? The ARV, you know, isn't bad and and the purchase price is, is, is good, but there's something wrong with the property, just something not sitting right with you. Maybe it's on a main road. Maybe, you know, it's just got a really funky layout or you know, whatever. It, it, there's something about the house that you know isn't going to be appealing to people, but you do it anyway. And I can give you a couple of examples of things that's happened, houses that I've looked at recently um, to purchase to either flip or to wholesale, um, but houses that I've looked at. So one of them, uh, and I'm just going to give you the numbers here in Michigan. I, I you know, numbers are, are different all over, but y- you'll kind of get my point. So I went to look at a house last week, and it was referred to me by a wholesaler, uh, a guy that I know locally, a wholesaler that I've worked with. And, you know, the numbers look kind of like this. Purchase price, $80,000. I think it was actually eighty two, dollars but let's just say $80,000 for round numbers. Purchase price, $80,000. Um, after repair value was $180,000. And it was like a 2,500-square-foot house. Uh, listed to have five bedrooms and two bathrooms, and it sat on a like a canal it, right on the water, and it was you know it sort of on paper looked like a great property. And I know for me as a house flipper, if I get a house for eighty that'll sell for one eighty, I can make money. I know I can because even if it needs a lot of rehab, I know that I can get it done cheaply enough to to make it a pretty decent deal. But here's the thing: I went and looked at the house. So the house had a couple things going poorly for it. The neighborhood was sort of not great. I mean, it wasn't an unsafe neighborhood. I'm just saying the 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 look of the neighborhood was kind of hodgepodge, a lot of weird different build houses and nothing really, you know, similar about anything, which in and of itself not not a big deal, okay? It had virtually no well, had no front yard, really, and not much of a backyard. Um, but it did sit right on a canal, which is nice. But I also noticed that it sat on a main road, or not on a main road, behind the canal or behind the house, there was there was a main road. And you could hear the the, the, the uh, traffic noise, the noise from all the cars going by. So that's kind of a strike too. So we have a little, you know, tiny little yard and traffic noise. Then I went inside and that's where all the fireworks happened. So I went inside and yes, technically... There were five rooms that could be bedrooms, but two of the five could only be accessed by going through another bedroom. So in effect, there were only three bedrooms that you could get to without going through another bedroom. So right there is a big strike. It's a funky layout. There were walls that would have to be moved around to make it a true five bedroom. And even if you did that, I don't even know if you could really make it a true five bedroom. You know, a couple of the rooms would have to be made significantly smaller so you could create a hallway and it would just be kind of weird. Um, the ceilings were just crazy. There were some vaulted ceilings, but there were some like walls that were like 
like put up and, and, and the ceilings lowered artificially. So those would have to go away. Um, yeah, it was just, you know, the kitchen layout was really goofy. Um, I don't know. It the layout on the inside was just so bad that I spent an, uh, I don't know, half an hour in the house just looking at it, going over in my head over and over and over, running the numbers, trying to figure it out. And ultimately what I realized when I left the house was I am trying too hard to make this a deal. If I can't go in that house and within five or 10 minutes completely see how that's a deal, then it really isn't a deal. So with that one, I had to trust my gut. Even though the numbers were strong and, and it just on paper looked like a phenomenal deal, I know it would have been hard to sell if I would have flipped it myself or it would have been hard for my buyer to sell if I would have found someone to buy it. It would have been hard for them to sell and I'm not gonna sell a house to a buyer of mine that I wouldn't buy myself. So I had to pass on the deal even though there was a lot of money potentially there. Uh, it just, it was a weird, it was just too weird. A weird layout, weird yard. It was just a crazy layout of everything. The house was set on a weird angle. There was you know traffic noise behind the house. <clears throat> just a lot of weirdness, anyways. So I passed on that one. And then today I went and looked at another house, a much smaller deal. The house was, um, well, they're asking 75, never would've got 75, but even if I could've got it for say 50 or $60,000, the after repair value was somewhere around 130, but kind of a similar situation. There were no comps in the area that really matched the, the subject property. It was kind of weird. The subject property itself, the whole house had been gutted down to the studs, which is good and bad. It makes it easier to do electrical and, and HVAC and all that stuff, but you know, the whole house had to be drywall. There was no flooring. Like the floors were literally just the boards that that were the floor. There was no there was no flooring in. Um, it was all studs down to the studs, and there was no ceiling. It was that was to the rafters, basically. <clears throat> so the, that you know, that in and of itself, not the end of the world. Rooms were incredibly small. I mean, there was a three, it was a three bedroom, one bath. The third bedroom, uh, you know, could be a bedroom, but you need to build a closet. But honestly, this room was so small, a twin bed would have made it hard to move around in the room. It was that small. The kitchen I measured out was six feet wide and about 10 feet long. So, and there was no dining room, absolutely no space for a dining room whatsoever, no place to put a dining room table. I mean, it was just small. It was listed as an 1,100 square foot house, but I swear if I was a, I am a betting man, but if I was a betting man on this, I would have said that it, the house could not be more than 800 square feet. So it just had a super small feel. The, the rooms were too small. There was no dining room. Um, you know, it, it was listed as having a two car garage, which I guess technically it did, but the garage was more of like a barn that would look like it was built in the thirties. I mean, it was just, it was just all wrong. I had a bad feeling about it. Again, the numbers may have worked, but ultimately just a bad feeling. Like just, I didn't like the feeling of it. I don't, I wouldn't have liked trying to wholesale it to someone. I would have felt funny. Like it just was a weird kind of a thing that I don't know if I would buy. And as far as buying it myself and flipping it. I don't know. I don't know if I could have sold it effectively. I think it just, it was just wrong. The house was wrong. So, you know, what I realized in those two deals, again, I mean, I, I, please don't under, don't think I just realized this, but it made me remember it and kind of reflect on the fact that you just have to go with your gut sometimes on a deal. Forget the numbers, you know, forget the math and forget the money that's potentially there. If your gut is screaming run, it's not a good deal, 
then I suggest you listen to your gut and, and don't get involved. There's far too many deals out there, guys, that are that are great and, and that'll be much more predictable and a little bit safer. And I'm not saying to always be predictable and safe. That's not really how fortunes are made, but don't be careless and reckless either. And I think both of these houses would have been a little bit reckless for me to buy. So that's the lesson for today. Listen to your gut. It knows what it's talking about a lot of times. So if you go against your gut and you make a mistake, you're going to be sorry. I know that I was in the past, so I'm not going to make that mistake again. I'm trying to help you guys avoid some of these pitfalls. Make sure you listen to your gut. Don't do a bad deal. All right, that's it for today. Okay, until next time, if investing in real estate is your dream, there's only one way you can make it a reality. Just start.